0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we Frankenstein together an all-new Mario game from parts scavenged from old games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going,
1: Mark? It's going great. How's it yeah. going for you?
0: Uh, going pre- pretty good for me as well. I just lit a candle in here. It's
1: um, really nice. I love the way this candle smells.
0: It's a good smelling candle. I, I feel like it, every home should have some good smelling candles.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of watermelon airheads, mm, which is the mm-hmm. sweetest smell of all. <laughs> really? You think sweeter than like uh, cherry airheads? Or like any other airheads? I guess maybe because watermelon was always my favorite as a child. Mm. Do you think you could stomach a airhead as an adult?
0: <laughs> How much of an airhead do I have? Like all at once? Yeah. How but- did you eat an airhead as a kid? Did you like take bites from it or did you like fold it up and put the whole thing in your mouth?
1: So, um. This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the answer though. <laughs> uh, if, you, if an airhead is still in its package and it's like a full size airhead, not. I guess you could probably do it with a small one, but it won't be as effective. Mm-hmm. Grab it from one end and shake it. <sighs> right? And it will shrink down into a like airhead chunk. So you're like collapsing it. Yeah, and getting then, out all the air holes. So it's basically like folding it without folding it.
0: Can you also freeze airheads? Do they behave strangely when they're frozen? I
1: don't know. I've never tried that. Now I want to.
0: I don't I feel like that's it uh, would be a nightmare treat. <laughs> You could... It'd be like a sucker, right? I I mean, probably. It seems like it'd be too sweet. I feel like I would eat it and die.
1: Well, freezing it won't make it more sweet.
0: No, that's true.
1: Eating one in general will make <laughs> us die.
0: Right. That's, I guess, the
1: fundamental premise here is that we should not be eating airheads <laughs> as adult men. Nope, we just light the candles and... Let the scent take us away to better times.
0: Uh, Better times than we could eat an airhead without wanting to vomit. Uh, Mark, are you ready to get into our main topic of this week? Let's do it. Let's do it. And that topic, of course, of course, is we're going to put together a new Mario game. Maybe two. Maybe
1: you put together a Mario game and I put together a Mario game. I'll be... Well, we, so we each have five components Yes, that something we've liked or really enjoyed in a... You know, liked or really enjoyed. Right. One I mean, or back, the other. Take your pick. It doesn't matter which. <laughs> in previous Mario games.
0: And we will identify which are the ones that we like and which are the ones that we enjoy.
1: <laughs> and so since we each have five, and I have no idea, like, it's very open-ended. We uh, gave ourselves a lot of room mm-hmm. to play around in. So I don't really know which components you're going to be taking and which ones I'm going to be taking. So maybe we will only really have enough to create one game.
0: Sure. I mean, And so that, I guess that'll be the first goal, is let's try to build a, a single Mario game that is compatible with all 10 of these traits that we are pulling from uh, other games in the Mario series. And like Mark said, we have not discussed these at all. We don't know. Uh, I don't know what he picked. He doesn't know what I picked. We really like
1: springing things on each other. Yeah,
0: <laughs> being like, deal with this. <laughs> um, and so we'll we'll see, you know, what, what qualities or what uh, characteristics from old Mario games that we would like to see um, in a new one. And I think uh, sort of this conversation came about because uh, we're excited about Mario Odyssey coming up um, and its influences seem pretty clear, right? That it's taking... A lot of the more exploration-based um, gameplay of Super Mario 64, um, and so like that—that's that—that's an obvious like it is taking that quality from Mario 64. Um, and so, for the purposes of this discussion, I think we're bre- being kind of broad with what a Mario game is, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. We couldn't could- put really any parameters on that. Great. So, just so everyone is aware. There are no parameters on anything. <laughs> and uh our, our theme episodes could be a little tighter. But <laughs> uh not this one. This one's gonna be loosey goosey. Um Mark, do you want to start or or should I start? Um, you know
1: what? I will start. Okay. Um, and one of the things that I'm pulling is storytelling from Super Mario Galaxy. Okay. I think that you know there's not a lot of storytelling in Mario games. Mm-hmm. Uh the story probably the Mario game with the most storytelling is Super Mario Sunshine and that game is a nightmare of exposition. Yes. Like the first, I don't even know. It legitimately 10 to 15 minutes is just watching a endless cutscene. Yeah. And um and like the story yeah, and it involves like a uh mario doppelganger that's like dark mario basically that's running around and it's just endless and not any fun but in contrast to that super mario galaxy to me is the perfect amount of storytelling in a mario game because it's there if you want it Mm -hmm. and if you don't you can completely ignore it but what is there is actually pretty beautiful
0: so, our, our games may be more compatible than we think, because my my fifth entry here is a simple, sad, sweet story like Rosalina's storybook from Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, yeah, for me, like, I, I also like that the, the storytelling in Galaxy is optional. If you visit Rosalina in the library, she's reading the storybook of how she wound up on the satellite, the spaceship, the starship, um, and... It is it's it's a very simple story, right? Like a Luma comes to Earth looking for its mother, and Rosalina's like, I'll help you find your mother. They get lost in space, and like that's it. And then she's just like the mother to the Lumas after that. And Rosalina grows up and uh like goes back and sees her her mother die or something like that. Um, and it's all just like the normal passage of life, the sort of like ennui that comes with real living. Um and it would be so cool to see another story like that in a Mario game, um, and whether that's uh, it could as a, a thing that you can opt into engaging in, or something that's actually like comes about as part of the gameplay, um, doesn't matter as much to me. Um, but the, the simplicity of that story, the and and how sweet it is, um,
1: both are like really important. It I and you know we're not saying that like we want this in odyssey necessarily
0: no no no. i think i think where we are now putting together a game like a post odyssey game
1: right? yeah yeah absolutely yeah. because you know, for some reason this like really like sweet kind of like softer story mm-hmm. um fits really well in galaxy and i think some of that is at least for me it's like that like Uh, night sky atmosphere and like when you're running around in that central hub area it is kind of like I don't know like relaxing isn't necessarily the word I'm looking for but it just feels very like peaceful like it makes sense to me yeah that it that the galaxy would have this component it doesn't really fit on Isle Delfino it doesn't really fit you know in Yeah, castle necessarily or
0: on like a yoshi island or whatever yeah
1: but it works really well in galaxy and Mm -hmm. i i liked that contrast between the more uh centered like calm um awe-inspiring hub world and then the more the busyness of the levels that you go to yeah
0: yeah and that's i mean i i also think it's so
1: interesting that like um, I think there is a
0: fan base that is built up around Rosalina for, uh, you know, a, a couple different reasons. The character has a, a really interesting voice. Um, but on top of that, you know, in her first, ap- first appearance, the character has such a cool and compelling origin story that like, I don't know, I, in preparation for this, I watched the whole thing on YouTube. And like, if you haven't seen it before, it's beautiful and like sad and soft and like gets to something real. Um, and I feel like we don't often connect to Mario characters on an emotional level that's not just like fun, 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 fun. Um, and like, that's what I want. That's that's what I need from a Mario story. I don't need like a compelling or like a logically put together story. You know, I just need something that uh, is emotional and real in that way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, so I apologize that we had the, <laughs> the, the same thing for, for number one. Um, so I guess I'm going to bounce it back to you for, uh, cause, cause otherwise I'll run out. Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, unless you want me to make one up on the, on the fly. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, speaking of, I mentioned Isle Delfino a little earlier, that's the kind of like hub world mm-hmm. from Super Mario Sunshine. And that is one aspect of that game kind of like a much maligned Mario game that I would really like to see repeated in a future Mario game. So what's that? Uh, a, a a central hub world? So it's not just a central hub world. It's like a central hub world that is alive. Because mm, okay. um, you know like uh, both Mario 64 has a central has like Peach's Castle. Yeah but and, that's empty. Yeah it's for a some ghost tale. Like Toad ghosts. Right and then you know galaxy kind of has like a central the first galaxy has like a central world but that is also not very populated it's not like mm-hmm. a bustling like town type atmosphere and it this does look like something that odyssey potentially will have more of as well
0: yeah well i think there are like more alive like the kingdoms seem to be a little bit more uh like alive and open,
1: but like there's no hub world really. Right. But and that's what you have in Isle Delfino is mm. you will always return to this like central hub and it's fairly large. There are different areas of it and uh like different like there's a large clock tower in the middle that you'll that you get to later in the game and um it opens up like one of the best worlds mm-hmm. that you can visit. But, you know, it has inhabitants, and it has different things for you to look and explore, and you can, they're, like, secrets for you to find. Yeah. And it, that's something that I feel like has been missing from uh, Mario games and even 3D Mario games. You have something like 3D World where it's much more just, like, uh, you're running down a path. Yeah. For, you know, like, Galaxy 2 completely removed that hub world mm-hmm.
0: entirely.
1: I mean, it... it- mostly there was the, still the the face ship that you
0: were on that you could run around a little bit but like that's an incredibly small little planet that you're on um so yeah that 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 makes sense to me as something that would is um cool
1: and been like missing from the the series of late well cuz i feel like mario modern mario has always been this uh give and take between trying to do something new in like the 3D space but make it palatable for people who the last Mario they played was like super Mario brothers three. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like the world map of 3d world and of galaxy two. Yeah. And, you know, definitely of the new super Mario brothers games yeah, are War like harken mm-hmm. more back to that, where it's just like, Oh, I, pl- you know, played a Mario brothers game in my life. So I know how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, like something like uh, peach's castle is that's a huge leap from yeah the uh how you traverse like Super Mario World
0: yeah and it gives you something to like man i remember and this is part of just you know moving around in a 3D space was new when Super Mario 64 came out but i remember just spending time running around that castle and like just checking it out and just uh you know loving that i knew the layout of that place and it feeling like a real building um, and that, uh, I've never actually played Sunshine, so I don't know if, um, Isle feels like that too. Um, but yeah, that's what, what a cool feeling to have that like familiarity of, of place. Um, okay. So here's my, uh, this was my, my number one, um, that the, the Super Mario Galaxy thing was my, my final point. But my, my first point is I want the chaotic multiplayer of Super Mario 3D World. Um, I love the couch co-op in that game. And um, running around in levels that are equally as fun for one person to like, skillfully you know, thread the needle and like, get to where they need to go. And running around it with four people in you know a mess running into each other, throwing each other into enemies and stuff. Um, I want that flexibility back. Um, and there's so, you know, like the, uh, the new Mario games on Wii and Wii U sort of have it, but like, you can also tell that the game's not really built for four people, right? Like four people is too many for those games and they're just nonsense, but 3D world, man, it feels so good to have two, three or four players all running
1: around. That's so, um, getting in um, each other's way. Yeah. That's so interesting because I, I haven't played as much of, 3d world Mm -hmm. uh because i never owned a wii u and so i think the most i've played of it was in multiplayer yeah so i didn't experience the single player aspect of it as much but i i don't know like for me the mario that i want is mostly like a single player like focused experience okay because i think the platforming can be can can be more like focused and challenging because they don't have to find the balance or or contending with, but this might also be played with like four people that are you all have to be in the view of one camera yeah, sure
0: well and and i can I can respect that, but i I think that uh three d world man does manage that in and maybe it's a, a remarkable and irrepeatable uh feat, right um that like that that game does have um platforming sections that are challenging sometimes made more challenging by the fact that there are multiple people trying to land on the same little platform at the same time um but yeah like i like um i like couch co-op um and uh it's a bummer when uh you know like the galaxy games have a starbit collecting mode for uh player 2 and there's there's something for odyssey too right yeah um something like that where the second player can do something don't they control like cappy or something i don't it's it's something like that um but like i i don't need that right like
1: yeah the uh starbit thing in galaxy i mean like don't even i don't understand i i would do it when my friends were
0: playing and my friends would do it when i was playing but it's just kind of like do you want to do this and it's like okay i guess Mm -hmm. um but if if yeah, I I just want I want there to be a way
1: to share the experience with someone else on on the couch with me, and play together. Yeah, for me, I feel like the new Super Mario Brothers games were the perfect encapsulation of that like four player chaos. Mm-hmm. I do think that 3D World, uh, did a really good job of like, I don't know, sp- splitting the difference between the exploration of, you know more hardcore not hardcore but like uh mario 64 and sunshine type 3d levels and the course based Mm -hmm. uh like 2d levels and so that's why i think it's perfect for multiplayer that you're still sort of like running a course
0: yeah Yeah, i I don't know how like an open totally open space
1: yeah like i don't know how it would work in something that is more like exploration based more Mm open-ended um
0: well, and so maybe you know the thing that we're describing, if we're like putting these games together, right, is like an an open, alive hub world with like course-based levels inside it somehow, jumping through a painting, <laughs> for example, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. You gotta
1: n- yeah. So, yeah. uh, my next one, I'm trying to think of like the best way to like. This one specifically okay. to present it because uh, you're afraid I'm gonna walk out. <laughs> I mean, look, the Mario series has amazing music, mm-hmm. but I think for me, the piece that I want to pull is the music stylings of Super Mario Brothers Three. All right, and okay, that, and I don't even mean like the that it has to be like eight bit versions of this, mm-hmm. but just uh that's like like iconic Mario music yeah that has you know like laid the foundation for other m- music throughout the series and we've kind of evolved away from that and not in a bad way like the music in Galaxy is amazing right and I anticipate that uh Odyssey is going to have similarly amazing music but I would love I don't know to me that Mario Super Mario Brothers 3 is Mario in so many aspects yeah yeah that i would love to see music kind of like built on that foundation whatever that means
0: sure so like a little bit more like the kind of ragtime based um like high energy stuff maybe throwing out some of the um more like symphonic um
1: uh music that mario has like gotten over the last couple of years which is such a bummer Decades. because again like galaxy is a ama- mate like the music in galaxy is amazing right but
0: but when it does when there is like a high fl- high soaring like you know string theme or horns or whatever like that does m- make it different right that does that takes away from the sort of like carefree fun uh of uh like mario 3 yeah that that makes sense to me that that's
1: an an, an interesting poll too um, I do feel like it's cliche to pull from Mario 3, only because <laughs> it is so, like, it's the Mar. whenever they want to do a nostalgia check, you know, they go to Mario 3. Like yeah. the Tanuki suit, you know, or... Yeah, I mean, like, I... and it, The it's Koopa all-
0: Kids. And yeah, have those Koopa Kids. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, you know, any conversation about, like, what the best or most influential Mario games are is going to come down to three or world, you know? Um, So like, it's a little cliche to pull from either of those games. I'm going to pull from world later. (laughs) Um, You ready for my next one? Yeah. I want, and this doesn't have to be like the main way the game is played, but this needs to be a feature in it. The kind of bite-sized arcadey connected action of super Mario run. I want a way to um, do something quickly and then quickly compare it to everyone else who's playing and have that sort of like instant feedback of like, I did this course this well and all of my friends did it also this well and
1: having that sort of like quick instant feedback in like bite-sized chunks like Super Mario Run. Are leaderboards an aspect of... Because, you know, so in Super Mario Run, if you haven't played it, like mm-hmm. one, if you have friends connected to the game, once you beat a level, you can see... Which of your, if, like, if you have the most coins in that level, or if one of your friends has the most coins in that level, and you can always try to, like, challenge yourself to, to retake that, like, leader position. Yeah. And it is a really cool feature that, in Super Mario Run, that would totally work in a connected Mario game.
0: Yeah. So that's, um, like, sort it sounded like uh, you were maybe leading to the question of, like, do the
1: leaderboards matter or you no, I was i I guess I was in my head, I couldn't remember if something like that has already existed, like in three d world or anything like that. Yeah, I mean
0: in in three d world you could leave like meverse posts for it, uh, other players, which is also true in like you know uh Mario Maker or the new Super Mario Brothers you. um but yeah I, I I like the idea of having it be like all competition based or all like achievement based and you know mario run is also good for like in remix 10 i can see where you are uh, on the board and where sarah is and i can like try and catch up to her or you know i got uh, medals for catching up to you like that was fun um or like just seeing you know how people have um you know oh it looks like looks like andrew hasn't collected all three black coins in this level yet like ha, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um that sort of stuff is is cool and fun and i i Especially with like the sort of more bite-sized challenge experiences, um, I think really facilitates that and jumping into like just do do it better than your friend.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's something that they could totally incorporate into any like Mario game, like before you yeah jump it like even in Mario 64, when you jumped into a portrait, you then had to select which yeah, which like, of the six stars you were going you, in you were for. going after, and they could, you could easily have, you know. Ace. Yeah. However many like, st- coins he collected in or the time that he completed it. in.
0: That's Mark. Mark is Ace.
1: <laughs> if you didn't know. Ooh. All right. So my next one is mm-hmm. uh, I'm pulling from Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Perfect. And the thing I want to pull from that is the humor of that Great. game. Yes. And kind of like the Paper Mario series. Thank you. Thank you. Uh kind of the Paper Mario series in general has like the writing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And um but Thousand Year Door is my favorite Paper Mario game and it's the one that stands out the most in my mind. And I don't know, it's it would be a difficult thing to meld the humor of Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door with the sincerity of Galaxy. But sure. not impossible.
0: I th- the thing that I think is so interesting is that um, the Paper Mario games do have a great sense of humor. So do the Mario and Luigi games. Um, and, you know, I'm playing Super Mario RPG on the uh, SNES Classic right now. And it has a great sense of humor. Um, all of the Mario RPGs seem to have great just like joke writing in them and just great writing in general. And I'd love to see that in the mainline Mario games. Like there are so many Mario RPGs that are written well and that are funny. Like and I there's like a charm to the way other Mario games are written, but like I feel like you don't get that emphasis on humor in any of the more action-oriented titles. I think that I think that's a great thing for a a modern Mario game to have.
1: Yeah, and I think it does like change the tone of a or would change the tone of a Mario game a little bit because Mario is, like, innocent and sickly, like, sweet. Mm -hmm. and That sweetness
0: is something that we are calling for, by the way. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. But uh, part of the reason that the humor of the Paper Mario games work is because it's, like, self-aware and Mm tongue-in-cheek. And you do have... And Mario is not uh, cynical in any way, shape, or form. And so uh, I don't know how you necessarily bring those two together without ruining both.
0: Right. Well, uh, you, uh, first of all, Mario is, Mario doesn't have to be cynical, but other characters in his universe can be, right? <laughs> I think that that's, that's where it happens.
1: Yeah, I guess we just or never. That irony
0: s- can come from other places. We've just
1: never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is played so earnestly. Um, Even in something like uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, mm-hmm. right? You know, like the, Mushroom Kingdom characters pretty much keep their dignity, for lack of a better word, (laughs) intact. Right? And then it's the rabbits that are, yeah, um, that are like dangled upside down or, yeah, exactly. Trapped on some weird bucket. But yeah, you're right. You could do it with periphery characters.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I want to laugh at Mario games. Uh, Okay. This one is a broad, this is a broad ask here. And also starts with a, a phrase that I felt bad writing, and I'm going to feel even worse saying. I want the foundational aesthetic invention of Super Mario Land 2, six gold coins. Allow me to explain. Um, there, uh, this is the game that gave us Wario. There was no Wario before Super Mario Land 2, six gold coins. There's no Bowser. There are no Koopa Kids. Um, even all of the uh, power-ups are weird, right? There's, like, a a rabbit hat that lets Mario glide. Um, In addition, the worlds are all super strange. There's a space land, a macro land, which is, like, a house, like, a giant house that you, like, are teeny tiny in, Um, and there's a land that's called Mario land. You're in, like, a giant robotic Mario. Um, So, basically, Super Mario land... Uh, to six gold, six gold coins was taking aesthetic chances that I don't think another Mario game has attempted like on that same scale yet, right? Using none of the crutches from earlier in the series and inventing something as lasting and as powerful as Wario. <laughs> I mean like Wario, right? Like Wario is a foundational component of the Mario universe as far as I'm concerned. And I want to see another... Like the only other recent addition to like the Mario canon that I can think of is uh, Rosalina, right? And we've got this sweet story to tie to it. Um, But like, I want to see that instead of uh, more uh, Koopa kids or like Bowser again. Let's see a game without Bowser. You know, I want some foundational aesthetic invention.
1: That would be that'd be great. I mean, and kind of to piggyback on that, um, I would love to see you know those chances being taken in the environments that yeah. you're in uh you know the stuff in Odyssey seems fun but mm-hmm. it also seems very familiar you have your desert area you have your ice area you yeah. have your you know like foresty area everything kind of checks the boxes of so far of like what we're familiar with and yeah. comfortable with in a Mario game.
0: Yeah, and I did, uh, one of my notes says that it seems like Odyssey is on somewhat the right track here. New We're Donk like- City. New Donk City seems like a totally new thing for Mario. Um, even, like, the desert world has this sort of, like, uh, Mexican Dia de los Muertos, like, uh, uh, twist on it. Um, and, you know, there's a, a giant, like, photorealistic T-Rex. You know, so, like, every, it it seems like it is taking some chances. That we haven't seen it in previous Mario games, but I, it just I, even if it, everything they try isn't going to be successful or cool, like I would love to see them take more chances.
1: And you don't really know what's going to be successful or cool until no. you try, like Wario. Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: it, it's such a simple idea, right? Like, uh, just take Mario and
1: like make him gross. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, and to kind of speak outside the scope of this particular uh thought exercise man i just kind of wish we would have that in games in general absolutely right yeah. now you know um i feel like w- w- there are these just like familiar tropes in a platformer that you're going to see you mm-hmm. know like fire ice desert you know like jungle that you can just like count on those showing up yep. and when they do show up even when they're well done they feel less exciting now like when we were playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and the first area of that game is just kind of your standard jungle Donkey Kong bananas vines it's a bummer yeah and it was like it was fine but none nothing about it was engaging even the music was just kind of samey and then it wasn't until we got out into kind of things we hadn't seen like an autumnal um like Alpine Village with owls, yeah, you know, later hosen, yeah. That you were like, oh yeah, this is like really exciting. And even though the mechanics are familiar, um, like the aesthetic choices are exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. Like you know, uh, Breath of the Wild, God love it. You know, a great Zelda game. But like, you know, the the races that you encounter in Hyrule are Gorons and uh, uh the. <laughs> I can. I listed one: <laughs> the the Rito, the Bird People, the Zora, um, and the Gerudo. Like, you know, you've seen all those races before in in previous Zelda games, and they're cool, and I like seeing them and all that stuff. Um, but like, some just just some real invention, I think, is is what
1: what I want from a, a new Mario game. So my final one, mm-hmm. I guess we're at five. Is I would love to see a return. Of the hidden exits and secondary exits from Super Mario World. Yeah, like I think that was such. Hold a...
0: Hold on, mine, mine, is, mine is piggybacking off oh, of this, great. so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna lump it in here mm-hmm. and we can talk about it all together. Um, specifically, I want Star Road back from Super Mario World. Um, a, a a path that you can like, you can hit like a, a forking path, and like you just get this divergent like set of levels. Um, that uh, will meet back up with the game in various points. But, like, there are different mechanics and, like, different colored Yoshis and stuff up there. Um, and I think that goes, he- like, hand-in-hand with secret exits to levels. Um, so, like, a reason to go back, a different, a totally different way to play a level or the whole game.
1: And one of the cool things about Star World, uh, because modern Mario games, a lot of them, they seem to be broken up into, like, two parts. Mm-hmm. There's the main game itself that you play. And you can beat, and it has some challenging levels, but in general, it's designed so that way anybody can play and finish. Yeah. And then there's usually, like, a bonus world after that that right. is punishingly challenging. Or even a couple bonus worlds. Yeah, or yeah. a couple of bonus worlds. And that's where, like, the real challenge of the game right. comes from but the star world is different. Cause like you were saying, you could get there earlier mm-hmm. and once you're there in, ha- in like, there are, it causes like persistent changes. Yes. In the actual like world main overworld itself.
0: Right. And you can access it from multiple different points on the, the main overworld map. And like, if you want to um, like the, the, your very first star road uh, entrance you can then take Star Road and play all those Star Road levels and then, like, pop out at the last level. Like, if you want to play the game The Star Road Path, you can do
1: that, and it's a totally different experience and a totally different way the game is laid out. And then b- built inside of so many of the Super Mario World levels are secondary or hidden exits. Yes. That, so you can play through it once, and each of them are indicated with, like, a red... I I don't even know what you would call that, like
0: yeah, like the dot that indicates where the world is, yeah, and red, and one that
1: you, yeah. So when it, you know, that there's a secret exit, it's red, and so once you've beaten it once, it's just there, like beckoning to you to go back and like try to find it, because some of them are fairly difficult or well hidden, Mm -hmm. and so it incorporates that challenge like earlier in the game instead of uh, saving it to the end. But it also is completely optional like yeah. you can play through it and not know it's there and it's totally fine. And again, one of the aspects of this that I think is really interesting that they've never really gone back to after world is this as you progress through it, you're making changes to like the landscape yeah. that uh, remain. Yeah. And like that, change the way yeah. you traverse the world.
0: Yeah. I also really like the idea that the um star road like y- you can like take the the stars back down into the real world. And if you haven't unlocked the path yet, you just sort of see what the level in front of you is. You can't actually access it. You're like, oh, I should go back and, like, forge the actual path getting there so I can be in this cool forest or, you know, wherever, wherever those those uh, the stars drop you. It's just such a cool way to, like, get different perspectives on on the game as you're playing it. Instead of wait till the very end for it to be like, okay, here are the remixed hard levels. Um, we can have some of those hard levels and some of that broadening experience as we're playing the game. Uh, so, Mark, I think that's one heck of a game that we've created.
1: Yeah, totally. One thing I think is interesting is that we haven't, neither of us really pulled specific uh, like moves or mechanics mm. from Mario. And I think that's just a testament to how well made these games are. Yeah. In that, like, we're very trusting that a new Mario game is going to be mechanically sound.
0: Yeah, well, and also I, I trust that, like, I feel like I don't have to say, um, oh, you know, the, just the, the joy of making Mario run and jump around like uh Mario 64. Like, he's going to have those, he's going to be able to do the long jump, that, like, triple jump and, like, the kind of back cartwheel thing. Like, those are things that I, I
1: expect mario to be able to do and for me to have fun doing and i mean we haven't seen every single one of those in every single iteration right um but yeah in general it's just the reason you look forward to a mario game at all is because it's fun to control mario right and now with these additions it'll
0: have a, a a sad story in an open world hub with humor and bite-sized challenges, and, uh, you know, some weird inventive aesthetic stuff. I think this is a good game, Mark. It sounds amazing. We put together a great game. Mark, let's move out of this uh, weird fantasy segment. (laughs) And, of course, we're only moving out of one weird fantasy segment to address a previous weird fantasy segment. A couple weeks ago, we had our Super Smash Brothers Fantasy Draft um, and, you know, we've been uh, gradually getting responses uh, to it. Um, we got a, a tweet from at J Edwards Books. Um, he says, uh, BTW, which means, by the way, uh, how can you have a Smash Brothers draft that doesn't have Zero from Mega Man X in it? Great point. Uh, I have no rebuttal. Um, I guess my only rebuttal is that Zero is already in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. He's old news. I don't need him.
1: (laughs) Patrick's all about the flash.
0: I'm all, I'm all about that flash. (laughs) Uh, Show me something new or get out. Um, (laughs) And then let's see. Uh, We also got a tweet um, about smash
1: brothers. Hold on. I'm looking for it. I apologize for this. Um, I'll take this opportunity to give mm -hmm. big ups to at J Edwards books. Yep. Big
0: ups. Um, so Nikki, and we mentioned Nikki's tweet, uh, l- last week. So her of course, big ups to Nikki, big ups to Nikki, um, at Penn Quinn is her Twitter handle. Um, she brought up, uh, a Chrono Trigger character. Um, I neglected to mention that she said possibly Isla for her. Isla is the cavewoman character who's an awesome pick and w- what a good pull. You, I think we both said frog, right? Yeah. Which is also good. It's no, it's no Isla. It's no Isla. Um, And uh, she also, um, going to bat for uh, maybe us uh, censoring myself, or censoring me, um, she says, for what it's worth, I also would have chosen Banjo-Kazooie too, but she respects the veto,
1: because I tried to put Banjo-Kazooie on my list. I know, and it was, you know, it was tough, but I had to use the veto, because why have a veto if you can't use it? Hey, man, I hear you
0: loud and clear. (laughs) Um, and any other characters that now in the, in the cold light of two weeks later, uh, you're like, oh, man, I really should have picked. No, but you know, the thing
1: I regret is not just picking because in our conversation, I was like, oh, I can't believe Splatoon 2 uh, or, yeah. you know, like um, S- Squidling in- Inklings, Inklings yeah. haven't come up yet. And you were like, yeah, but may- but like they're on my list. I should have just snatched them from you. You when should I had have the just gotten from me but then. i didn't have, like, end up with bubbles. Yeah,
0: I didn't. I don't think you were thinking about it as a competitive <laughs> thing. You did not know that I was going to snipe characters that you wanted. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, let's let's move out of this uh, recap of the Smash Fantasy Draft, which you should all check out, by the way. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you have anything that you would like to have added to our uh, Frankenstein Mario game, Um, you know, that we mostly did sort of like main series and then like some RPG stuff. Um, I thought maybe one of us would have done like Luigi's mansion or Captain Toad or whatever. So there are certainly
1: elements of the franchise, the greater franchise that we have not touched and elements of Frankenstein that we didn't incorporate either.
0: Yeah. I want to see neck bolts on Mario.
1: (laughs) I want him to be afraid of fire. (laughs) What else does Frankenstein do? Um, Get tied to an ice flow? Is he tied to it or is he just marooned Oh, he it? must just be marooned. Yeah. Uh, you
0: should send all of that to our email address, which is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society or hit us up on the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and all that good stuff. Um, we are thankful for everything that you do, including leaving a review if that is something you do. And if you don't, then we're thankful for other things. <sighs> if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about uh, comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our music is provided by 8 Betty. You can listen to his music by going to dot or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying star road baby star road thanks for listening what's a creative podcast network